everybody and welcome to another wondrous episode of Beyond the Hashtag, the podcast where we talk to everybody who is looking to change the world and do great things in business about how social media plays a part in what they do, but also an opportunity to talk about things that are beyond hashtags and Twitter handles, etc, etc. So I'm really excited to have Bath Eats with us today. Welcome to Alexandra. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I'm really, really well. Thank you. Yeah, loving the strange weather at the moment. <laughs> Very strange. It's I was so hoping strange. for a bit more sunshine, but I know. Not. Like, I think we've had all weathers this today in particular. It's mental out there. Mm-hmm. But anywho, enough about the weather and True Brit style. Um, <laughs> if you want to just give us a rundown about who you are, what you do, and what Bath Eats are all about, that'd be amazing. Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm Alexandra. Um, I started Bath Eats when I was a university student in Bath, so at Bath Uni, um, back in 2016. So it's been wow. seven years, which is kind of crazy. Um, so it's primarily an Instagram account, also TikTok, um, and it just focuses on food and drink and hotels in Bath. And kind of the surrounding area, I'd say anywhere like an hour um, away from Bath. I love it. What was your um, motivation to start this up? So um, I was actually doing my second year exams at uni and I was in the library procrastinating. (laughs) Um, And so I've I've always been someone that uses those kinds of accounts um, to find new restaurants and things. And I used to go to London quite a lot just for friends for, you know, weekends. Um, and there were loads of London food accounts, but there were none for Bath. Or I think there was one, but it had a post that was like two years old or something. Like it wasn't an active account. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, so I was there in the library procrastinating. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to make one myself. Um, so yeah, so that's how it started. And that was seven years ago and I'm still doing it now. Oh my goodness. And you've got like a massive community as well. Do you want to just go through the numbers for both Insta and TikTok? Um, yeah, I just need to check. <laughs> um, so Instagram's 39.4k. Yeah. Um, and then TikTok is a lot less because I only started that recently. That's 11.5. Wow, still good. That's still good for only having started that recently. That's still good numbers. So and has it grown to a point now where I'm assuming, you know, you're invited to places to review them? Um, Like, is it an income generation model for you? Yeah, so it is. Um, For a long time, I didn't charge money at all. But it got to the point where so many of my friends and also people in the industry were saying, you know, you really should start charging for this because influencers charge, you know, obscene amounts of money for things. I do charge, I charge well below the market rate Yes. for these things, just because I want it to still be accessible, even for the small restaurants that are opening. Um, but yeah, it just makes a lot more sense to charge. Um, I don't live in Bath anymore. I live in London. So I have a team of people in Bath that go to the restaurants, which is awesome. And then I do some of them as well still when I'm in the area. But um, it's kind of, yeah, a win-win-win situation because they get to review the thing. I get paid by the business. The business gets the exposure. So it's, it's worked out pretty well. That is really good. And what was it 
Like, do you remember that kind of moment where you were like, I could probably turn this into a living? Um, And then, like, what was your kind of experience around deciding that model? Because I think, like, you know, like you said, seven years ago. So what, maybe that was in, like, the first, after about two years or so? Was it at the point where you... Yeah. No, so... um... So in 2016, that year, I actually went for my year abroad um, at university in, I think it was July. So it was literally a couple of months after I started it. The page was really small, really like slow growing, but it was still growing. And I'd say maybe six months after I started it, I got a message from a place. I think it was one of the pizzerias, but I can't remember which one. And they were the first person to be like, hey, do you want to come and try out? our stuff and like talk about it oh my god and as a student I was like oh my god this is so cool because when I made the page there were influences but it was not the industry no. that it is today like I never started it thinking oh I'm gonna be like sure. making money or reviewing all of these places um and so I was super excited and then I came back for my final year in uh September 2017 and then by that time a couple more places had you know, reached out, but I never thought I'm going to charge. Um, also, the page was a lot smaller then. And then I think I started charging literally, I think it was just after COVID because I was thinking about it for a while, but then COVID hit and I was like, this isn't really the right time. Yeah. I literally started charging like 25 pounds. Like it was ridiculous. Nice. <laughs> I was just like, I just, because I had some like business costs, let's say, and I was like, well, I want to at least cover that. Um, and then yeah, then I started charging more because I was like, it does actually take quite a lot of time to put sure. these things together. Yeah. Um, and I think that what really made me realize that I did have to start charging more was because print media was charging way more. And obviously with the internet, the scalability is so much bigger yes. than just, you know, people that let's say receive a magazine in a sudden postcode. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that's kind of how it started. But I do remember when I first got the like the first message I was so excited yeah um yeah I love it and now you've built a team up around you yeah are, so are they freelancers or employed yeah so or? it's no no so they're not employed at all um like I run everything behind the scenes I'm the only one with the um kind of access to the accounts I have the relationship with the businesses but they yeah so I've built a really good relationship with them and they're all really lovely girls um that go to the restaurants and I think they really enjoy it because they just kind of go for nice meals and stuff and review the places but they don't have to deal with any of the admin or like yeah actually you know posting anything yeah yeah definitely that's definitely a win-win and are you doing the same now then in London no so I'm actually has not like my day job has nothing to do with food or anything I'm actually a lawyer wow um yeah so I qualify as a solicitor in September congrats thanks um so yeah so that's why I moved to London um two years ago um yeah so so I really like having parties on the side because it's kind of a bit more creative than yeah my day job which um commercial law can be quite dry at times yes definitely I love that okay so let's dive into why we think or why you have felt that these accounts have grown so quickly. We're going to come on to TikTok separately, but mm-hmm. what, what? when did you start to see this kind of formula? When did you realise the formula to growing an account 
to that size? You know, are you posting every day? Um, is it the community management side? Like what what kind of works? Is it just because you just happen to be in a foodie industry and foodies love Insta? Like what what's your kind of success story? Yeah, I think I was quite lucky in the sense that I was the first, well, I know we talked about this other account that existed at the time, but it was, you know, no, nothing was really going on there. But um, yeah, I was the, one of the first to have a food account in Bath. I think Bath's a great place because it's small, but there are loads of tourists. You have students that are constantly coming in and out. It's a very affluent place. So you have really nice restaurants. You have a lot of people coming for staycations, things like that. Um, so there was a lot of content to be created in that sense. But um, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, so when I started, I would post every day. And to be honest, I mean, yeah, the account's big now, but that's taken seven years. Um, to grow and luckily it hasn't stagnated yes Um, but yeah it's just it's just taken time I mean especially on TikTok I know you said we talk about that later but people kind of go viral overnight and that doesn't really happen with Instagram as much no it's more slow and steady growth Um, now I would say I post at least a couple times a week to be honest once I started my full-time job um, there were times where it was quite demanding so I wouldn't maybe post for like four or five days and then I'd be like, okay, no, I actually need to post something. Um, But yeah, I think it's just being consistent. And yeah, as I said, that's taken seven years. Yeah, definitely. What about um, differentiation of content now? So when you would have started this account, it was like just the grid. And now it's like, okay, here's grid and video. And there's like, okay, here's grid videos and stories. And now there's reels. Like, how do you one stay on top of it all but b differentiate your content strategy if at all yeah so well yeah when I started the account I don't think stories even existed no um and I remember having snapchat and once instagram launched the stories we were all like this is so stupid no one's gonna use it and now forward everyone posts stories all the time um so if a place asks for a review I'll offer them um a grid post like in a carousel style, so multiple photos and a reel. And then that reel will also go onto TikTok. Cool. So they've got video and kind of static content. Um, I use stories as well, but to be honest, I think they can get quite spammy. So mm. I don't tend to do so many stories. I know a couple of years ago I did more, probably because I had more free time as well. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, I was a student. Um, but yeah, I think it's great to have different types of media I think particularly the reels are more engaging but then I think the posts are great because you can write quite a long caption I think it's something like 2,000 characters Um, and for the reviews I like to actually write things about the food and I think a lot of other accounts will just post pictures of the food and not write anything yeah so that's great so I think I think yeah it's good to have a range of different things definitely um have you seen growth because of reels because there's a lot of talk about how reels are really being um yeah they're kind of being promoted the most in terms of by the algorithm rewarded for people creating reels have you seen an impact on your account because of them so I'm not really sure I I think yes and no so yes because I think generally the algorithm has changed so much where people aren't growing as much anymore on Instagram and it's kind of all about TikTok. So I think the reels have helped me to keep up with the growth that I was experiencing before. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but then no in the sense that I am still just kind of growing at the same pace Got you. that makes sense yes um so so I haven't noticed like a huge increase but yeah. then I think it's made up for the lack of gain of followers that I would have experienced had I not had the reels got you yeah that makes sense which yeah is basically the algorithm's kind of pushing you to create that sort of content isn't it really yeah which is naughty um and what about yeah so what about TikTok so talk to me about that do you have a different approach to that is it just repurposing content did you do you have a winning formula for that because I know so many businesses will find and creators really will find TikTok pretty confusing yeah um so I think TikTok's great when I first got it so I got it as like a user um I want to say in the end of 2019 or something and then COVID hit and it was great because you know you could just look at TikTok videos all day yeah um and I remember actually doing an interview um around that time I think it was during COVID or just before and someone said um you know, there's this new app called TikTok. Do you think you'll get into it? And I was like, mm, I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't think so because Instagram already takes up so much time. Um, and so, you know, I'm not really sure. But then fast forward, now I use it all the time and I post it all the time. And I think it's great because it's kind of more casual in a way. Like you can yeah. post more videos. I don't necessarily have to post them to Instagram. Um, the videos that I make for businesses I post on TikTok because that editing software I think is better than Instagram yeah. and then I repurpose those for Instagram so it's the exact same video yeah so that's great and then I'll post some extra stuff on TikTok as well um yeah kind of more casual videos I guess but I know that a lot of kind of food TikTok people do voiceovers and I just I can't really get on board <laughs> Um, I mean, I might be sitting there in a couple of years saying, yeah, I said this on a podcast and now I do voiceover. And now I do it all the time. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But no, I mean, that's one thing I think that I like about Bath Eats is that it's not me. Like at a first glance, you wouldn't know that it's me or like the team of girls that do it with me. It's like a random hand or like the back of the head. And sometimes you'll see a face, but it's just not, you know, an influencer profile in the traditional sense where it's someone's life and it's sure all about that yeah I think that's a really good point and leads me on to my next question was so how do you create a community when when it is so faceless in in a sense isn't it when it is so like anonymous how do you build a community because that's what works the best right on social I'm assuming for for many of us is is that community yeah I mean I think I'm really active on the messages so I know I know friends that have kind of similar pages and they just don't really respond to people. Um, so I think you can grow a community just by replying to comments and replying to messages and, you know, even interacting on stories, like doing that little Q&A thing or yeah. polls, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think those are really good ways to do it. Um, and I, I do actually think that sometimes people prefer an anonymous page. I think people have hidden biases and things and you can see someone and think oh no I don't relate to that person or for yeah. whatever reason I don't like them I don't like their voice or you know whatever a million yeah. reasons um whereas if it's an anonymized thing I think it's way easier because it's just kind of like a guide and you're like oh yeah that place looks good and you don't kind of have any negative thoughts about the person behind it no conscious bias I like that yeah 
that's a really good way to look at it for sure um and do you set any kind of boundaries with yourself in terms of replying to messages because you're right like it takes a lot of time doesn't and some people ignore it and I definitely it's never my advice to ignore comments and messages but it also when you're maintaining an, an account of that size I suspect it can get a little bit overwhelming yeah I think and I mean I'm quite lucky I don't really receive a lot of hate comments I think because it's not my face and it's not me um but I have got them before and like sometimes people are really unhappy with the content that you post or they'll give you like unsolicited advice, um, or they'll just be quite demanding, like, you know, several messages, why aren't you replying to me, calling on Instagram. And I I don't know if people just don't realize that it's a person behind because it's like kind of this anonymous thing or because they think that I'm part of like the Bath Tourism Board or something or that that's my full-time job. Um, To be honest with people, I really, I just don't reply. Yeah. That That might be wrong, but I just, I just, or I'll just reply with, you know, a one word answer, a one word um, yeah. recommendation. But if people are nice, I'm more than happy to have a conversation with them and say, you know, oh, like, what's your budget? What kind of occasion is it? And, um, you know, what kind of food do you like, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Like, I really like food. I love the restaurants and bars. So I'm excited to talk about it. But yeah, if people are rude, I just don't engage. <laughs> Good. And I think that's a really, um, it's a fortunate place to be in when you own the account and you run the Mm. account to be able to just be like have that resilience to you and say nah I'm not dealing with that um it must be difficult for people who own those accounts and work for companies where they're seeing those sorts of things day in day out yeah and I think a lot of the company Instagram accounts are just places for complaints because they know that someone will read it whereas if they send an email they just think it kind of goes into the abyss um Whereas on Instagram, if you write a negative comment on a post, it's public, right? Like people mm. can see it. And so they, they need to deal with it. Yeah. And have you got any advice for people who would be in that situation and how they could potentially deal with it? Or like kind of the customer service side? Yeah. I think, unfortunately, it's just part of the job. I think, yeah, you just don't take it personally. Like if people, I mean, it's completely different, but if people aren't happy with the content that I post, I just kind of think, well, honestly if you want to want to follow like please go ahead like I really don't mind if you don't like the content you do not have to look at it at all like no one's forcing you um but yeah with the customer service thing it's just they're not getting annoyed at you it's the company behind you and I had this as well I used to work as a waitress um when I was at uni and people like people would be horrible to you all the time and I would just think it's not me they're just angry at you know whatever um you're just kind of the the sounding board that receives it yeah yeah amazing well I've got a couple more questions Alexandra Mm -hmm. before we finish off for today and go on to the social media fail um (laughs) what sort of advice have you got now that you've kind of you know you were at that very 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 early beginnings of Mm -hmm. influencer work on Instagram in particular um if somebody came to you today to say I want to be an influencer Mm -hmm. on Instagram or an influencer on TikTok what would be your your top pieces of advice I think TikTok's a great place to start I think you do need to have both that you have kind of all bases covered because a lot of people don't have TikTok um particularly I don't want to say it but particularly the older generation even I mean I'm 27 I'm 28 this month and a lot of people my age don't have TikTok wow Um, yeah um 
so yeah, definitely start on TikTok. I think TikTok's great because the algorithm works that it will just push random videos to millions of people sometimes. Like one of my videos was viewed up 1.5 million times and it was just a random video wow. of bars, um, with like a trending sound. Um, so definitely use TikTok. I know people say it, but just be yourself and just find your niche because there is a niche out there for everyone. And a lot of people will say, oh, it's oversaturated or whatever, but people still get you know famous and popular all the time. So it's not too late. Yeah. Um, and I think just be consistent. That's the main thing is just be consistent because it's very easy to, to kind of post a couple of things and then give up. But if you post consistently, you will see growth eventually. Um, and you just need high quality videos. Um, I just upgraded my phone to the iPhone 14 pro. And honestly, I was like, these pictures are amazing. Like <laughs> I, I do not, I do not know how Apple does it. Um, <laughs> But yeah, just high quality, you know, use trending sounds, all of those things and just, yeah, be yourself. I know that that's so cliche and so lame to say, but it's true. It is true, definitely. And um, yeah, I think people need to become more comfortable with being who Mm. they are and confident in that. Um, But yeah, not forgetting that um, the visual aesthetics piece does mean a lot for people who are consuming that content. It does. And like, you know, since since I started Bath Eats, there are loads of other bath food accounts and, um, or, you know, people who just post about food generally not related to bath. And the, the main reason I think that Bath Eats has grown is because the content has always been like quite good quality and, you know, good lighting, colors, things like that. And I think if you post something in really bad lighting, which unfortunately a lot of restaurants do not have good lighting, like yeah. in winter, in winter time, I don't really do dinner reviews only lunch because there's no daylight there's no natural light and it's things like that that you need to think about or you know if you go you say can I have a table by the window and it's things like that that make the difference yeah Um, nice so yeah yeah I love that that's really really good advice thank you so much um well Alexandra it's been a pleasure thank you so much for coming on and talking to us on this episode of beyond the hashtag all about bath eats and the community that you've grown no, thanks so much for having me. It's been wonderful. And before we finish, let's talk about this week's social media fail. So this week's social media fail, you have picked Sherwin Williams' new TikTok account. Um, talk us through what's happened here. So I actually remember seeing this at the time. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um I think they had an employee it's a paint company yeah and they had an employee that made TikToks that were like quite relaxing you know those satisfying videos of just mixing paint like the different paint colors together she became you know really famous loads of people were watching her videos and she became really popular and essentially the the company wasn't happy with her um and I think she got fired for making these videos yeah yeah um and then since I think a couple of years later, they created their own TikTok account. And I actually remember seeing it at the time. Like I remember seeing all of these paint mixing videos. And then I remember people making videos about the fact that this person had been fired. Um, And I just, yeah, I, I think it's quite sad because a lot of these companies don't understand the power of social media because things can go viral. And I'm sure that, you know, those millions of people watching those paint videos, at least one person would have bought paint from them. Yeah. Yeah. And 
it's just yeah I think they just need to understand that doing these things you know I don't know how much time she was wasting at her job if she was making paint for customers presumably not a lot and she was just editing the videos in her own time and it's essentially free advertising for them and yeah I mean since they've created their own account but once it's got this kind of corporate branding on it it's a bit different it's not so natural anymore yeah definitely yeah so yeah I like the fact that they kind of said um, not only did they turn the ideas down but they also turned up their nose for for using company resources particularly during work hours to create these videos yeah which was crazy because actually as you say all that time actually worked in their favor really um and the employee went on to launch their own line of paint which was well received by the public which is good um yeah, and then exactly. yeah as you say the the company then went on to set up their own um their own account but it's probably a little bit too late yeah exactly i think cuz cuz i've seen a lot of people on tiktok making kind of videos at their work and these things go viral like millions of people watch them and it's literally just free advertising for them yeah yeah I think it's the element of control isn't it that's probably why they panic about it yeah they go oh we haven't somebody in comms hasn't vetted that somebody in marketing Mm. hasn't seen that or given you the strategy but it's a bit like LinkedIn profiles I think it's like you know employees are your biggest advocates and as long as they're not creating content that's defamatory Mm -hmm. um surely it's positive yeah, I mean, uh, like, I know that a lot of companies have policies about what you can and can't post on social media and if you can say that you work there. But, you know, simple things like mixing paint, that's actually showcasing a product Yeah. in, in a good way. You know, the, the individual's not saying, oh, yeah, this paint sucks. Like, don't buy it. Obviously, for that, I understand why the company would get annoyed. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I think they obviously realized that social media and TikTok was a good way to promote their goods. So... Yeah, definitely. Well, that was our fail for the week. We'll pop all the links into the show notes so people can take a look at that for themselves and also go and check out Bath Eats as well. Um, Thank you, Alexandra. It's been amazing talking to you today. Oh, thanks. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to Beyond the Hashtag. Make sure you tune in to our next episode and hit the subscribe so you can stay up to date with all of our amazing guests. And don't forget to follow us on social media. We're at NLY Social. See you soon. Bye.